0: This call may be recorded or transcribed.
1: Hello? Uh, hi, Ernie. Hi, is uh, Cyrus uh, joining us for this call? <laughs> yeah, Cyrus is a
0: silent listener. <laughs> uh, just finished connecting, so perfect timing. Great. Uh, so- we may not go the full hour, so please.
1: Yeah, it's like, you have a stop or it's just close to your bedtime?
0: Well, yeah, because, you know, uh, it will take another half an hour to an hour and I have to get up in the morning, so.
1: The morning, Sorry, it'll so. take another half hour, an hour?
0: Well, yeah, we can take uh, uh, a, okay. let's see how so, long uh, it takes, anyway, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for making the time. I know it's been a busy week with my kids there and then. You know, yeah, we didn't, I don't think we talked last week. So, we didn't. Yeah, we tried to find time yeah. around the tennis and the kids, but it didn't work out.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh,
1: so mm. let's catch up on so John Rockefeller. Uh, we're okay. not in his uh, medical equipment phase. I'm sure he has something to do with dialysis somewhere in his history, but we'll deal with that <laughs> later when we talk about his foundations. Okay. And this thing he's still trying to build his oil empire. And he really okay. did this cabal, right, the South Southern... Industrial Improvement Corporation or something like that, which failed as a cabal uh, when people found out about it, but succeeded in helping him corner the market on the Cleveland refineries, more or less. And we talked about how it was kind of like a sleazy, like it may have been necessary, it may have been ethical, but it was kind of sleazy, because it was like the secret thing with a secret deal. And that is why it blew up, right? One could argue that ethics is largely about reputation. And mm. if you ruin your reputation, then, you know, it, it doesn't, uh, is it, I guess ethics means you can do everything publicly and people will approve of it. And, mm. you know, so like, why did he have to go the secret cabal route? Why couldn't he have tried to do something where he gets mm. people to actually work together openly and honestly? And this chapter, he actually tries to do that. Right. They oh, try okay. to create uh, mm. an alliance of uh, uh, refiners, they try to work with the alliance of petroleum producers because mm. the, the challenge is that there is this massive uh, boom and bust cycle in oil, right? Yep. And that both in the production where people would, I think there were two cycles that made these things crazy. One was that people would find oil and then the price down to the bottom Yeah. Uh, And
0: then the price will go down.
1: The the price will go down and it won't make any money. Um, uh, But then the price would, you know, and then oil would start to run out and the price would start going up. And then that would attract a lot of refiners to start uh, building more production. But actually, no, I think as the price goes down, there's more oil and more refiners. Can would start building production capacity because they can buy it all cheaply, and sell it at a profit. But then they start competing each other uh, and losing all their margin. And yeah. then um you know the oil goes price up, and then this, this is this is a cycle of massive oversupply and overcapacity. Right. And he's trying to get like, can we just you know agree on a stable price and a stable supply? And he tries to do this, and everyone tries to do this. So what happens is people cheat. Right, they can say well, even when they get like a volunteer agreement. Okay, we will, you know, try to stick to a certain uh, level of uh, prices. Um, you know, people will, but in order to keep the prices high, then people will sneak in and try to pump extra oil out because they make make so much money. And this even happened to Rockefeller, right. where he would buy people out on mm. the condition they wouldn't compete with him because was trying to reduce supply, and then right. they would turn around and. Complaint. Um, and and end up like you know, you know trying no that's just complaints. They would go and start their own refineries to compete with them. Oh, I
0: see. Okay.
1: <laughs> you know, and, now, and the there's is one is more that, piece also. There's one more yeah. piece also
0: that you have to mention that it is the oil production and the refiners and also the transportation, the railroads.
1: Railroads, yes. The railroads. There was. They also had the same boom and cycle, and they also have the problem of. You know, there's so much, um, like, on the one hand, and this is one of the paradoxes that you know, the way capitalism is supposed to work is if you have free competition, the more, the least efficient producers would go out of business and the market would specialize. Right, right. And what happened was, is that, A, there was horrible accounting, so nobody really knew who was profitable or not. Mm. And, B, the banks weren't very thoughtful either, so they would loan money Kind of on a whim, based on what they felt mm-hmm. good, and then they would just keep pumping sort of bad money after good, mm. and it was a huge mess. So uh, after a few rounds of this, Rockefeller said, "Okay, um, it's, you know, uh, let me just do this my own way," which is arguably what mm. he should have done all the way around. And he mm. just said, "I'm just going to buy up." Like so, he he managed to to more or less keep a lid on the Cleveland refineries because he's got enough mm. political or personal pressure or whatever and he mm. just does the same thing in region after region where he buys up uh, you know a secret partnership with like the leading refiner in each area and mm. then they go around uh, corralling all the others, and he ends up building this sort of secret empire which mm. is thoroughly illegal um, because there is no Concept of a multi-state corporation, much less a multinational corporation. Yeah. And so, although in some ways it feels a little bit more, uh, um, I don't know, direct than the sort of sleazy deals he was cutting with the railroads under the table. I don't know if that's just my personal prejudice, because you know, history now uh, is like What he was doing would not be considered legal. Right to have a again? Now Say what he's again? doing today, what he's doing would not be considered illegal because you could you can form corporations that operate that do business in multiple states.
0: Yeah,
1: and like I can buy, you know, a business in a different thing or start my own business another state. But there was literally no way to do that back then. Yeah. Um, but like you mentioned, it was so secretive that they were worried that if like one of the guys died, his children would have no record that rockefeller owned the company and so they mm. could just shut him out entirely <laughs> it's, it's kind okay. of crazy of trust so they, I guess you had to have you know, people because when you're breaking the law to do these things in secret you know you have to, mm. you're going to be, an See,
0: outlaw, to be there a it. couple of things there a couple of things there one of them is, um he he needed money to buy these people right out so the banks had to lend him some money.
1: <laughs> right, but right. He, 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 he tried to get them to lose it, to pay them in stock. Because he believed it, right, yeah. And of course, most of the, a lot of them wanted so to raise all this money. And then some yeah. of those people, you know, when Sandro became incredibly valuable, you know, they got very better and a lot of the venom was doing to that sense of feeling
0: cheated. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I like, think those uh, shares and stocks were not uh, popular those days, right? People were not aware well, of. Well, as well, as
1: we've seen that. Well, first of all, like no one had any clue. Yeah, I mean, maybe you know th- what Rockefeller was doing, what he yeah. was building, and the value of it. Yeah. Two, like, like business and Like the stock market was considered gambling well right. into the 20th, 20th century, well, I right? Think because, it is. <laughs> yeah. In some ways, it is, but yeah. you know now at least it's professionalized, right? You have yeah. the SEC, you have reporting, you have yeah. economics, you have the Federal Reserve, you have all these systems in place. You know, even though it's risky, it's at least you know it's 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 at least a transparent game. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: but back then, it, you know, it, you know it, it was not quite the Wild West; it was the Wild East. <laughs> I guess it was actually yeah. the Wild West was happening in the 1860s or 1870s at this point. I'm not sure if we're... Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: now, was, did they mention much. the... In uh, this chapter, did they mention the Cleveland Massacre
1: or something like that? No, that was that was last chapter with the Southern Improvement oh, okay. Company. Oh, okay. Right, okay. and so that was... So, so the, the one upshot of all this stuff was hmm. that he had a monopoly on the refineries in Cleveland. And yeah. basically, you see... You know, every tribal these other the relatively open, relatively public things. He just says, I'm just going to take over everything that I need to take over to make this work. Yeah. And that um, is kind of where the chapter ends, where he's basically created this network of secret deals with all the different refineries. Mm. And through them, you know, coming up to basically... I think he also does the thing, ah, this is the other thing that happens, is that he starts integrating along. So he makes the barrels, and then he makes oil cars to replace barrels. Right, right. You know, and then he builds the railroad stations uh, to ship things at. And one of the things that comes up at the end is uh, the idea that, you know, once he builds these railroad terminals, he says, like, there's no reason why I should have to – you know, you know, uh, allow my competitors to use them or to allow them to use them at any sort of reasonable rate. Mm. And he's like, in any other business, when, you've got, when you build something, are you required to let your competitors use it? And the author notes that, of course, uh, that is apart from the rather novel idea at the time of common carrier, which we've discussed mm. before. Yeah. And uh, the title I have for this chapter, uh, mm. which should be a on the call, is the you have a box tag. Mm. And this is an idea, boss tax, B L S S, the, the tax you pay to the boss is that because Rockefeller is running the system, mm-hmm. kind of everyone who plays in the system has to pay him a tax in one form or another. Um, tax? Okay, did, did they call it that? No, didn't call it, no, didn't call it, it like that. I piece? call it that. So this okay. what's interesting to me, right? And mm. and it's not entirely, you know, and it, because... You know, he mentioned this before, that one of the things that he had, the problem he had, was this free rider problem, right? is if he and his cronies, you know, restrict supply, like the refinery problem. Like, he buys up all the refineries, yeah. he reduces the overcapacity, he stabilizes prices, he ensures that people make a decent amount of money on the refinery business. Then all of these people who had been going out of business because there was no money, and they sell them because they have no money, they say, well, hey, now the prices are up and stable, I should go and mm-hmm. re-enter the business and make money. And, like, yeah. this is, like, they're only able to do this because of Rockefeller's gym, And uh, so they're undercutting him at, at his cost. And so, in mm. some ways, the idea is, like, it is kind of like being the government. It's mm. like if you're ensuring stability, you need some way to be paid for it. And yeah. otherwise people sort of free right off of it. And this is how much happened with this previous iteration. So the you have a okay. boss tax, um, the term I came up with when I was at Apple, I had a boss and I was working on this web application for him as a okay. side thing that we were doing. It wasn't my normal job, but it wasn't his normal job, but it needed to be done. And yeah. he spent, but his day job, was he was the guy who owned Apple's human interface guidelines. So he was in okay. charge of like literally writing the book on design for Apple's developers. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. one I built, um, mm. you know, I didn't get feedback on him and make sure he did all these things. He wanted to have a front page that showed all the announcements and the things that were happening mm. to everyone who was using the app and we okay. spent like a week trying to get every pixel of that front page perfectly aligned with exactly the right fonts mm. because that, you know, as a designer, like, he, he literally cannot think straight if the design is off. Right? Oh. In Apple, if you gave somebody a document where the fonts were wrong, they would mm. literally be unable to read it. Oh. Right? Because okay. we've been trained so hard to have that sense of taste and focus you... that it's, like, physically painful you know, mm. to see something that is that so like I just want a whole doing this thing, and that is the end of that. We said them you know, actually we don't need a front page at all, and so like it was just a complete waste of time, but mm. it was necessary. it was the thing I had to do so that my boss could function, and that's why okay. I started calling a boss tax, mm. and I realized that in some ways, maybe not a pricey analogous, but in some ways, like uh, you know rockefellers need to so in order to make a system that works for everyone. Mm. Rockefeller needed certain things either psychologically or financially or politically or whatever that he kind of imposed on the system and Mm. those costs were essentially the tax that people had to pay uh, to him or he had to pay to himself perhaps. And so the idea of the boss tax is the thing you have to do to keep the system working even though Mm. it doesn't have any direct benefit Mm. to the system. And that was oh, the there to be a boss Yeah. Okay. And like, Rockefeller he is trying to create a coherent, sustainable system you mm. know, for delivering oil and making money okay. on oil. Right. Okay. And there's a lot of things he does, you know, just to allow that to happen. But there's also things that he does to, like when he builds the oil terminals, the railroad terminals, yeah. and he charges his competitors to use them. Like, you know, that isn't strictly speaking necessary to make for a regulated, well run system. <laughs> That's something that he feels like he is owed because he did this work. Right. So yeah, it has, I mean collect- that, I don't think
0: there's anything wrong with that, right? Because you know, you build it and somebody else is using it.
1: They have to pay a user fee. Right. Well that was the thought, right? But then the counter argument hmm. is this idea of a common carrier or a public good. Right? the idea is so oh, wow. oh, sorry like literally this is the idea of a common carrier is that the government grants you uh eminent domain so you can build a railway in this area and so the government as a public entity lets you do this and in exchange your obligation is to um handle all freight from all commerce in equal transparent rates that was the idea for a military. rate. Yeah, so, so, right, so right, I right, mean, right.
0: you have to charge a rate because you. Like i told you about the Rochelle, Rochelle Railroad, right? You yeah. charge them four cents a, a railroad car. But what right. you're saying is that, um, he's charging different rates for
1: different people? Well, yeah, the thing is, the thing is that, and it's a bit of a gray area, but the idea being is that the railroad is supposed to be providing a public service. Right, in that that ever anyone can use the railroad, they can't pick and choose who their friends are. They have to have, you know, a like the thing that they're probably trying to avoid originally was the idea that okay, we'll let Joe um, build a railroad, and then hmm. Joe will make sure his friends get to basically ride free, and then hmm. everyone else you can charge know And because it's a government monopoly, like there's only one railroad that's allowed to build through this area you know, the government is essentially And, you know, the fear was from the public was that, you know, the government officials would give these railroad concessions to their friends and be getting kickbacks from it. Right. There's going to be this huge incentive for corruption and shady dealing. Mm. And so it's like, Hey, if we're going to give people, and there's an issue of delegation here, right? Uh, the constitution does grant eminent domain, the right to yeah. say, you know, we can take away your private land and use it for public. purposes. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well if we're gonna it has to make sure it's serving the public interest. It isn't just a giveaway to some random corporate lobbyist. Hmm. Right? And so uh so the government delegates to the railroad and then the railroad and so you know there's like the it's like if you remember when we were growing up, the idea that um um television stations had like a certain requirement where they had to air a poison post of view on their television mm. news that okay. like, they would there would be like there where they would say, you know, there's if like some citizen group disagree with something that was being covered in the news the television mm. news, then they had a right to get airtime. It's like an analysis point of view you know, you know mm. on the news. Because mm. of the idea is that because the government auctioned off, you know, the FTC auctioned off the scarce resources of TV spectrum? Yeah. Yeah. There was a public interest, and therefore they had to, oh, like, the government, like, it's like, hey, if you just, you know, and I think I don't think this applied to newspapers. If you're just building your own printing press and distributing stuff, that's your thing. But if you're using government airwaves mm. to talk about your point of view. That mm. you have an obligation to be accountable to the citizens. So you know? what you're and saying
0: after, is that, in, like, uh, if CNN is a liberal thing, they have to have
1: some. So, so if they were, this is why cable news changed the rules because it was mm. no longer a government monopoly that was granted by license. Cable mm. TV was a private thing that people paid cable, and. You know, uh, you know, like in you know, Rochelle or different cities, I municipalities. Mean, we was, it wasn't a, it wasn't a monopoly granted by the federal government.
0: Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Hmm.
1: Yeah, because so hmm. this is the thing is that it matters, you know. Is that so? You know, like I said, it's like you know Facebook. Facebook can make hmm. it whatever rules it wants because it's a private company.
0: Right? Yeah. Uh,
1: whereas AT&T, because it's a wireless carrier has mm. a certain obligation to honor these common carriers because they have a right. license from the government to operate. Okay. And they've, they've been given exclusive access to a scarce resource. AT&T mm. these frequencies. No other companies allowed it to use them or to crowd on at AT&T. Because right. AT&T bought them, bought a license to it from the government, but they bought the license under certain conditions. Okay. And so there's a certain understanding that if you do this, you know, we are going to make an exemption, but you have to play by the rules. Okay. And, that's and, and they allow other people to,
0: if they allow other people to use it, everybody should have the same rates or something like that,
1: right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so, the and so, <laughs> and the railroads, because they're short on cash and short on capital and probably short on vision, they hmm. contract uh, with, you know um, Rockefeller to build a station, right? Oh, okay. You know, this event, like you know, normally, you know, the railroads would build their own stations, and then you know they're bound but it's same so, because you know, you know Rockefeller is sort of ahead of the curve and playing, you know, he's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. You know, he starts mm-hmm. building these stations because it makes sense for him. And he understandably feels like, well, I'm going to fall out. You know, I should be the one who gets to, you know, reap the rewards. Right. And it's like, he's doing it sort of on, you know, on the back of a railroad system that's doing it on the back of a government grant, which appears Mm. to have some strings attached. Mm. And while we can sympathize with Rockefeller's predicament and his desires, you know, mm. one of the reasons we have laws <laughs> is that we don't get to, in, in theory at least, is that there's a level playing field, right? Is that the rich and powerful don't get to play by their own set of rules just because they want to. Okay, so what is the alternative?
0: You need a railroad station for these things to come mm. and get loaded and all that. So mm-hmm. suppose the city is built a railroad station and they charge people use
1: it. Right. I mean, that's a government, you know, land, thing, right. So we, 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 they, they at least is if they have a, a, a government that, that mm. is a public utility, public, like, like, so let's think about the Rochelle example. Like, okay, yeah. if, if they, if the city of Rochelle, you know, sets mm. up these, uh, like um, this, uh, you know, rail line and they mm. charge it yeah. and that's like the government doing it, you know, by passing a law or, you know, by making this happen. And then, yeah. you know, if they. If if that money goes into the general public fund or yeah. goes to pay off the bonds for the real development, that's fine. If that money goes into somebody's private pocket, if they say, well, you know, my friend, you know, if you're a friend of a councilman, you get a special rate versus if, you know, mm. you're just another stranger passing through, yeah. you know, okay. that gets a little more swirly, right? Yeah. is The yeah. idea is that, you know, we expect government to have a certain neutrality in these matters. Yeah. And, okay, let me touch
0: on something else. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know, it was this chapter. He brought some of the people that into his organization. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the names yet. One of the, his competitors was complaining or something like that, but then he brought him in as a. Yeah,
1: one so of the people had, who was kind of his enemy in the previous chapter, who was writing uh, uh, a big broadcut against the Southern Improvement Company, I think. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, but, you know, so. You know, for the most part, you know, like 80, 90% of the time, Rockefeller is, is acting very um, pragmatically, right? Mm. He doesn't make enemies. He doesn't hold grudges. He's trying to, like, figure out, okay, you know, if people disagree with me, that's fine. I will just patiently explain to them the right way to do things. And once okay. they see the light, I'll be happy to welcome them onto, onto my side. Right. Mm. So a lot of people that he he's just, you know, enemies or competitors or whatever. He tries to show them like, hey, it just makes so much more sense for us to work together. Right. right. And there's a there are many places where there's a lot of magnanimity mm. towards uh you know, most people. Um yeah. you have to poke him a few layers deep to find out where he actually has buried grudges and resentments. Mm. Um but for the most part, he really needs he, he, really, 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 with a very efficiency. I guess would be one way of describing it. So, um, um,
0: so how does this chapter end?
1: The chapter ends, I think, with this railroad station that he's building, hmm. and you know, he, we're, so it kind of ends with him sort of having, uh, I guess, run the table, as they say. He's basically gotten all. refineries, all the railroads, Hmm. and thereby indirectly all the producers on board with his vision of a rational, you know, oil delivery system. And you know, it just so happens that he owns, you know, all the oil cars and many of the stations with a few leverage points because he had the far side to realize it was necessary. And like I said, the thing about a boss tax is it can feel unfair. On the other hand, the alternative is having no boss at all and having no system, right? And so, I mean, this has been the, this is in some ways the crazy experiment that is American democracy Mm. is this question. Because like in the past, like if you had a nobleman who just conquered a bunch of land instead of a bunch of walls, no one would argue with him because he would just lock your head off, right? You know, and, you know, it, it was just sort of, uh, people didn't really like it or think it was fair, but it was just understanding the way it was. Yeah. Is that, you know, the the strong and the powerful made the rule and that yeah. was and so the idea of of democracy, especially Jacksonian democracy after Andrew Jackson. Mm. Mm. You know, was the idea that like every at uh, this point still men, every man, you know, has equal rights under the law. They can all vote, they can all fight, they can yeah. all uh, have their day in court. You know, a, uh, a backwoods farmer's son like Abraham Lincoln become a president, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. There's this great equality there. And this um, idea of fairness mm. is deeply embedded in the American psyche and our political yeah. system. I mean,
0: yeah. you, know, you know, there's
1: a lot of hypocrisy. There's a lot of, you know, uh, things, you know, at this point, you know, they just. Basically, barely granted rights to the slaves, uh, you know, women, and there's all sorts of these things that we would consider barbaric by modern standards. But you right. know, still, it was still an extraordinary experiment, and yeah. the idea that you know, you know, things like common carrier, you know, as fragile mm-hmm. as they are, are trying to you know hold up this ideal. Hmm. right government of the people by the people hmm. for the people you know not I mean government
0: the yeah but government, exactly. and,
1: and that the things that the government can do hmm. like is that if the government gives the business a, a special license you know hmm. the government has a responsibility to ensure that it's being done in a way that is of the people by the people and for the people hmm. right and so you know, the uh, I remember when uh, Von my consumer uh, ed teacher,
0: we mm. were talking.
1: There was this phrase I remember hearing right called caveat emptor, uh, buyer beware. Mm. Right? It's like, hey, if somebody sells something and mm. they put a lot of fancy words around it and you buy it, well, you know, mm. and it doesn't work, well, too bad. You know, that was your fault for believing uh, the false advertising, yeah. but yeah. you know, what like, the rules changed is that in the 70s and 80s, it's just a caveat then you like seller beware. Like if you're gonna advertise something, you have Mm. better make sure that you're following the rules or you're gonna get slapped by an FCC lawsuit. You know, the idea is that big business, this is the whole, in some ways the Ralph Nader legacy for both good and ill. is Mm. that, um, you know, just because you're big just because you're rich just because you're powerful doesn't mean that you are immune to consequences and the reality is right. is that you know the markets will whole function better when there is a rule of law and people trust the yeah,
0: system right right
1: if they feel like the system is ragged and people can get away with stuff that's bad for business in the long run yeah, yeah. but and, you know let
0: me touch on something else i think some of the things that he did were good business practices right if uh, you are paying, you know, ten dollars for a barrel, and mm-hmm. you figured out that you can make your own barrels for two dollars, why won't you do that? I mean, that's good yeah. I mean, like, practice, you know,
1: right? the, 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 like, like, like Rockefeller was a freaking genius on so many levels, yeah. right? You know, Steve Jobs would have loved him because he, you know, he basically tries. to mm-hmm. say, Okay, what is the problem we want to solve? How do yeah. I integrate vertically throughout the entire industry to get the things? That I need. I mean, Henry Ford did the same thing. Yeah. Um. You know, you're know, building his own forests to, you know, uh, grow the water, or you know, whatever. And so, look, he did a lot of brilliant things. And the way I look at it is that, hmm. you know, his there are a lot of things that are regrettable. Some of them were pragmatically necessary. Yeah. Right? is like, but but other things were maybe psychologically necessary, right? So such that, as? So, so, such as his, um, like the, um, so the example of the, of the railroad station, it's like he could have built a railroad station and had a, you know, common carrier, acknowledge the common carrier rules and had a flat rate that was the same for everybody, right? But it's kind of like, you know, uh, Uber is is kind of the modern version of this, is that, you know, taxis had a monopoly on uh, carrier transport, you know, for understandable reasons, but it becomes something of a racket in the sense that, you know, it was like a million dollars to get a taxi medallion because they were artificially scarce. Which made sense in some ways because if you didn't have any scarcity, then all the horrible business, you have bad actors or whatever. But it, it had gotten to the point where there was much more demand uh, than there was. You're cutting off. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm almost back home. That's probably the network. Let me just uh, take. Thirty seconds. Okay. The the whole See, but le- you... let me ask you. Uh, let me
0: ask you this question. Yeah. So I built the railroad station, and why can't I use it? So
1: sorry. Who lets you build a railroad station? Do you just sneak up a <laughs> light and then just have a railroad station without anybody knowing about it and no permission?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay.
1: Right. I mean, do you just don't want know? You build a railroad station. There's no railroad station. Congratulations. Like, what good is it? Mm. Right? It's like if you go to an existing railroad mm. where a railroad has a right of way through the land, and yeah. then you decide to build a railroad station. Okay. Right? What about the people who own that land that had to sell it to the railroad?
0: Mm, so he bought it from the railroads and built the station?
1: Well, so, so he, had a, he, he basically cut it. So normally what happens is the railroads use eminent domain to get the land, and then they build the tracks through it, and then they decide where to put stations. Right? Okay. And, and and that's a hugely political thing because, you know, a railroad station can make or break yeah. uh, a town, just like, a, you know, an off-ramp can mm. make or break a city uh like in uh cars 2 we the Cars yeah. movie they talked about Route 66 in the interstate uh, you know bypassing the local economy so like it's a big deal but like if you know anybody could complain about it then you would never build a road, a road. that's why you had to have eminent domain oh okay you know and so the government says like hey we got to do this thing everyone will get a fair price but you have to sell you know yeah. and then if people lose money or make money because of proximity. You know, I'm sorry, that's just mm. the way it goes. Uh, otherwise, you would just be tied up in knots forever, right? So the government yeah. had to do some things that were sort of locally unfair mm. in order to make a system that worked better for everyone. Yeah. I mean, that is the nature of government. Yeah, And people will accept that as long as there's a sense in which everyone's playing by the same rules. Yeah, But if someone has, like, say, inside information and knows that the railroad is going to build station here and they just happen to buy up all the adjacent property, you know, that mm. feels like insider trading. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know? What
1: that happens? It happens and yeah. you know a certain amount of corruption is in inevitable yeah, this part, the yeah, system. Yeah. But it also means that like, you know, it doesn't mean it's a tizzle. it means that you know the it, it's kind of like oh you know, like a little bit you know is inevitable but if you get too much, the whole system falls apart.
0: Yeah, right. And
1: therefore, you know, and one can you like, some ways, it's kind of the best, like arguably the right outcome, is if Rockefeller done all these things, some of which were, you know, you know retroactively, you know, obviously necessary, like hmm. reforming the way the because you know there had never been really a manufacturing economy before, where things were built in one place and shipped. Cross yeah. rail to other places, right? That was kind of kick started yeah. by the uh civil war and then the oil boom. Um yeah. you know see, one I of the other be...
0: problems one of the other problems he faced was I think <laughs> if it comes up here or not see he, he, he didn't have access to the post to the the ocean.
1: His Cleveland refiners did not,
0: yeah. Yeah so he needed either a storage area near the seashore or another refinery that, uh, in Pennsylvania or somewhere, or, right? That that comes up yeah, here?
1: Yeah, there's of things that come up. I forget which one. But yeah, the basic idea is that he, there are a couple things. One is he had a, uh, a, uh, a sort of additional distance tax he had to pay in that they had to move it from Philadelphia out to Cleveland, and then back to the East Coast where the distributors were, and apparently yeah. the big European market at this point. And so he had to cut deals to make his Cleveland refineries competitive. Um, but yeah, there's lots of things like he's doing. And this is the thing: like he's doing a lot of insanely difficult and vitally necessary things. Yeah. Right. Like we 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 need to and 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 some of the things that people hate him for. We're both were perfectly correct and people are just angry yeah. like the fact that he bought people out uh, and paid them cash instead of stock like he desperately wanted to give them stock and they refused to take it and they got angry yeah okay right, yeah then, then, like that's just totally people just <laughs> being whiny and you know right um, you know and it, 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 it is what it is but then there's other things which retroactively you said okay this had like the idea of you had to nationalize we're creating a national market there has to be a national coordination and even though it's technically illegal now it would become you know it's sort of in advance of the law is that this is almost like the uber thing it's like there's massive demand for ride uh for ride hailing um and like there's these taxi monopolies which were a good trade-off when they were created it becomes sort of a massive obstacle to innovation and progress and consumer welfare. Mm. And it was, you know, you know, they sort of start in this gray zone. Well, we're not exactly a taxi company. Therefore, it doesn't apply to us. And then they build large following. And then they, people as advocate to change the laws. But so retroactively, the, you know, they, they do things that are retroactively legal. Right? Once people understand the value, they change yeah. the laws to make the behavior. Right. Normal, yeah, right. 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 And then there's other things which are sort of the, um, <coughs> which are legal at the time. Uh, when you look back and say, okay, that was a really bad idea because of all these negative downsides. And yeah. so they pass laws later uh, yeah. for a I- lot of I- things. You know. Yeah. And then there are things which, you know, frankly, were illegal at the time and should have been illegal. <laughs> And still, like, you know, things like, you know, common carriers are not allowed to have future rates.
0: Yeah, right. but they you're looking at it from, you uh, know, like, uh, this Monday morning quarterbacking, right? I mean, you're looking at it well, from here. In, like,
1: but, but, I think literally, right. but, but my point was is that, like, there were good reasons for those laws, those yeah. reasons were valid, and people yeah. ignored them, uh, you yeah. know, for selfish reasons. And, but, like, I think that's the point, is that we can look back and say, well, it's obvious to us that these were good laws, these were bad laws. But we yeah. have to have a certain amount of under, compassion and say, okay, at the time, and it's like the, the I mean, Uber's uh, sort of like, uh, uh, a painful okay. example in that, like, they succeeded by sort of pushing the boundaries of what was real. You know, and that was a key part. And, and the, 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 the business tech people, like saw Uber, you know, they wrestle with this question. Because Travis Potomac hmm. was then accused and guilty of a lot of really horrific human relations problems, abusive, and, you know, tolerating all sorts mm. of harassment and, and things like this. Mm. And you look at that and say, well, you know, or you look at the, uh, the liars poker crowd in the 1980s, the stockbrokers, mm. and you see like, you know, you can see all sorts of horrible behaviors, but you don't say, well, you know, there's a lot of you know good things that came out of that. Mm. And it's like, you know, did it take someone who was that ruthless to allow these good things to happen? And is there, and this is one of the topics that came up in my conversation with Cadence on that uh, hmm. YouTube channel yep. uh, about this uh, guy, Miguel O'Hara, who is kind
0: hmm. of a
1: president of the, or dictator of the Spider Man Society who tries okay. to keep the multiverse safe. And it's like, you know, he has to, he's trying to make the world a better place. And yeah. so he is, you know, ruthlessly enforcing his own rule because there's nobody else. And, you know, you know, it takes an enormous amount of self-confidence and, mm. frankly, self-righteousness to be able to pull that off. Mm. But the flip side of that is, you know, even if it's just, a, or it, this is where like, I don't like the way it's 100% correct, It's like 95% correct or even 98% correct, right, Mm, mm. to do that. But then over time, you know, those little 2% errors pile up, right? And Mm. that belief in your own righteousness, which is so empowering at the beginning, ends up becoming a crutch and then a curse. Mm. Because then there's places where it actually would be healthy to doubt yourself. And if you've lost the habit of doing that because you assume, like Rockefeller, well, I'm pretty much always right and my opponents are pretty much always wrong. So I should just trust myself. Mm. Right? You know, which is not a bad business strategy to start out with.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: But, you know, it's a a very toxic way to live in the long run. Mm. Is the very thing, and this is the paradox, right? Is the things that, you know, are your greatest strengths become your greatest weakness. Or as the saying is, you know, die a hero long enough to become the villain.
0: Yeah, mm. I think you know, then, uh, you know, another context. Uh, uh, Susi Mama gave me a, a book called the Fourth Quarter Fumbles,
1: oh. and
0: uh, it's uh, about the Book of Kings. And he took ten kings from uh, you
1: know, Judah. Like the, the Old Testament Book of Kings.
0: Also, in the book of uh, First and Second Kings, uh, uh, Chronicles, he yeah, took ten kings, and obviously, like you were saying before, you know, they started out as a hero, but they ended up as a villain. And that was, yeah. the fourth quarter, fourth quarter, basically, and some of them were starting out as villain, ended as villain. But uh, that's not who he talked about. He talked about even the good people fumbled the ball at the fourth quarter. He was using a football metaphor. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, yeah. they're all human beings, right? I mean, right. But what's mm.
1: yeah, no, it's like, you know, what's interesting, I think maybe the most poignant example is David.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. he
1: bursts onto the scene with this yeah. ambitious, um, almost bloodthirsty mm. hunger to slay the enemies of God. Yeah. Right? Well, like he's a shepherd boy going against the, you know, the giant with an old flame to kill him. And cut yeah. his head off with his own sword, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and like, and like, when when David is, you know, the young upstart, you know, mm-hmm. we tend to gloss over his ambition and the bloody, the, the 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 violence of it, right? Yeah. You know, you know, taking a guy's sword and cutting his head his head off, you know, it's like, well, my like, you god know, hey, he's just a shepherd's boy, it, right? Well, he's, you know, sacrificing the to and cover up his adultery, suddenly yeah. his ambition and his bloodthirstiness don't seem quite so innocent anymore. Mm, you know? Okay. And this is the thing is that sometimes, the and this is be the idea that even our virtues contain um, a certain level of compromise with evil which mm. comes back to haunt us, as opposed yeah. to... You know, this was purely good, and it it was only sort of random chance that afterwards he fell away. You know, my thesis is that the very flaws that helped him succeed in an imperfect world at the beginning end up causing him problems down the road.
0: Hmm. Okay, I think we may need to stop. Is that okay? This is a good place to stop. Yeah, this 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 is a stopping
1: point. point.
0: Okay. All right, you know, we we went from several things and ended up with King David. And um, uh, I will say one thing, though, in closing, some of those people were people of their time, right? Yeah. They lived with a war with enemies, and uh, if you don't cut off their head, they cut off your head. So something like that. The the violence was part of the culture there. And... um,
1: And Yeah, and, and, and so are we, right? We all make certain compromises to live in the world we live in that right. if we're lucky, we create a better world that our descendants will say, oh, I can't believe they did all those things. Yeah. It's like survival is always hard. <laughs> you know, even a physical survival is mm. you know, sort of, you know, uh, psychological survival is, mm. you know? And, you know, it's not to judge them or mm. condemn them. But it's to have compassion for them. It's like these are the the, the choices they had to make and and the boss tax they had to pay to culture. Uh, And sometimes I even think about the deal with the devil that we have to make uh, to live in this world. You know? And we'll deliver us from the Saudi. We'll save that for a later chapter.
0: On another context, today we started, Pastor Joy started a new Bible study on Jonah.
1: Ah, And uh,
0: there, uh, again, um, why did Jonah flee to Tarshish ah. not going to Nineveh, was the question. So maybe we can talk about that at a later time. Yeah. But again, I, I, again, I, he yeah. was a man of his time. Uh, he was brought up as a Jew, and uh, they think God should love only them. Yeah, right? so, so all the we'll, we can talk about it another time. So
1: yeah, I I I actually asked. Him I will tell you why I got. Okay, <laughs> he, 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 okay. okay. Been,
0: until the dog's there for some reason. Okay,
1: so they're they're having their post watch wrestling match. Well, okay. Quinn boss attacks on Frolic. <laughs> Frolic wants to play. Frolic uh-huh. wants to annoy Quinn enough to attack him, and then they, oh, I see. So, okay. Like Quinn advisor, like roll on his back to attack Frolic, which is very bizarre. I'm um, well, like sorry, Quinn will roll on his back to attack yeah. Frolic. So he's both submissive and aggressive at the same time. It's very yeah. odd. But anyway. Okay, uh, anyway, okay Ernie, thank you so uh, much. Great, Dad. Have a good rest. Uh, we'll dad, do you want to call okay. back and talk about anything, or are you good?
0: Gonna... Amelie, uh, you want to ask him some questions? Yeah, maybe call just quickly. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll call back. Okay, you. love you, Dad. Okay, okay. love goodbye. you, mom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.